Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. Here we go indeed on a Wednesday night. Welcome in, everybody. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Have you for a full two hours this evening, taking you till 8 o'clock, as always. If you'd like to join in on what we're talking about, phone lines, text lines, Twitter, all open for you. You can call or text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I'll tell you, in our next segment... Uh, we're going to really devote the the first half hour of this show largely to the Tyler O'Neill Oliver Marmel situation that goes back to the base running yesterday, and this is one of the weirdest situations, altercations, whatever you want to call it, to play out. And it, it didn't need to play out this way. It didn't need to be a thing at all, and it is, and it just feels like there's a lot of people that are not handling this the best possible way. So I would be curious to hear from you. In our next segment, we'll take phone calls, we'll take text messages, and we'll take tweets. How are you feeling about the way this played out from everybody's perspective? From Oliver Marmel's perspective, from Tyler O'Neill's perspective, uh, the way the play was kind of run, including uh, the decision to even send O'Neill. Where are you at on it? In our next segment, we'll take your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Daniel Esteve, Fox 2, Channel 11. He's going to join us at about 635 next hour. Luke Korak's going to join us as we'll talk some St. Louis Blues. Also next hour. This is our first show since the the controversy in the women's national title game, and uh, we're going to get into that. I've got some pretty – I've been embarrassed like for other people, quite honestly, as I've watched this whole thing play out uh, from, a, from kind of a national standpoint uh, when you talk about Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and just the way that whole thing uh, has been viewed and some of the comments that have been made about it. And I get frustrated sometimes when we talk about women's sports and we try to apply standards from other sports to women's sports or sometimes 
we don't apply the right standards to it. So there's a lot going on there, and I certainly want to get into that uh, coming up uh, later on in the program as well. Uh, As always, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me. We're going to spend a lot of time on this this Tyler O'Neill Oliver Marmel situation. And it's it's complicated. It is complex. It shouldn't be complicated, but it's it's somewhat complicated. And part of it is I think it's really easy to say why is Oliver Marmel being very public in his criticism of Tyler O'Neill? Isn't that just something that you want to keep behind closed doors? And then I think the answer to that question is that's kind of who Marmel is. Like one of the things I really appreciate about Oliver Marmel as a manager is the fact that you can ask him a question and he's going to answer that question. He's not going to answer another question. He's not going to figure out a way not to answer the question. He's not going to just start using all these sports cliches to wrangle out of the question. He's going to answer the question. And he's going to answer it thoughtfully. That's the other side of this. He is going to answer it thoughtfully. He's going to give you an answer that he believes in. Everything he does, there's a reason behind it. So it would be incredibly, incredibly hypocritical of, on my part if I'm going to compliment him and really appreciate that that fact of that he is so open and there's so much candor when it comes to Oliver Marmel. The the hypocrisy would be if I open up this mic today and I slam him for talking about Tyler O'Neill the way he talked about him. I don't it's either all one thing or all the other. You can't do both. Now, in a perfect world, does this not explode the way it has exploded? Yeah. Like quite honestly, I think most managers almost every other manager in baseball would not have done what Marmel did on this one. They would have, if they did have an issue with a Tyler O'Neill, they're going to downplay it in all public comments. And then there might be a conversation to be had behind closed doors. John Mozalock, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals. He talked with Jim Hayes and Bally sports Midwest prior to the game today. And just listening to him talk, you get the feeling that, Maybe that's the preference that he would have had for it to stay behind closed doors. Tyler O'Neill spoke again today, and he basically said that he wishes this would have stayed somewhat quiet. We had Oliver Marmel right here on KMOX, and and, and he spoke again today, and he kind of doubled down on his thought that Tyler O'Neill was not running as hard as you would have liked to have seen him run. And it just... It feels odd. It feels weird. It feels like we're talking about something that we don't really need to talk about. But here we are, and it's it's in the first six games of the year. It has quite honestly turned into the biggest story regarding the Cardinals. Like I, I had a tweet last night, and I don't have a ton of Twitter followers. If you'd like to follow me, you can do so at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I, I sent out a tweet yesterday that it was just – I have some access to some some um, some camera angles uh, when when the game is going on, and there was a lot of talk about whether or not O'Neill slowed down as he was running, and he didn't. I don't think he did at all. And I was able to get a camera angle from the high home, and I tweeted out that video yesterday, and this tweet kind of exploded. 
I, I don't I don't think I've ever had a tweet that has had this much interaction ever as there's been uh, this video that I posted. There's been like 120,000 views on it. And for some people out there who have millions of Twitter followers, that's not much, but I don't. And this thing kind of exploded. And that just shows you that people do want to talk about it, that this is something that uh, there continues to be a lot of interest in. And I don't know. I feel like there's, there's bigger and better things to discuss. But here we are. This is what we're discussing because this is kind of the biggest story of the moment. So I'll give you my full takeaway on the play on the reaction to the play, both yesterday and today. And again, if you'd like to chime in, uh, you can call right now, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll uh, continue this discussion about Marmel and O'Neill. We'll do that next. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Next delivery is hit towards right field. It's a base hit for Donovan. Charging hard from third is O'Neal. Play at the plate, and he is out at the plate. He's out at the plate. What a throw by Acuna from right field. It was a really good throw. Like in, in all of this conversation, we lose uh, the fact that, man, it was a great, great, great throw from right field. I take issue with the send, and I just think when you've got that kind of arm in right field, like we can spend all all day talking about whether or not O'Neal ran hard enough from second to third, or if he take if he took a big enough lead from off of second. But once it gets to the point, Acuna basically has the ball in his glove as O'Neal is stepping on third. Nobody, nobody's gonna be safe on a good throw from Acuna. The only chance you have at that point is it being offline. So I didn't think it was a very good send. I think that's the most important part of everything in all this discussion. That's kind of got lost. I would, uh, I would argue that he should not have been sent in that situation. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley uh, on air. Joel in the Central West End had a great idea. He texted in and said, admittedly, I didn't see the play. That's a great place to start, but still a great idea. Maybe Marmel and O'Neal need to have a foot race to settle this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get the two. Let's get them at uh, home plate, and let's have them. Do they run to first? Do they run the bases? Do they run the whole line? 
Which one of them pulls out the Jerry Seinfeld? Feld, I choose not to run. There you go. I like that, Joel. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Let's grab our first phone call. Oliver has called us. Hi, Oliver. You're on uh, KMOX. Hey, Matt. Uh, first, I agree. It was a bad send. But secondly, this whole situation is making me very uncomfortable because this is not the first time that Ali Marmol has done this. And I, it, it feels like a pattern is starting to develop to develop to me where he sort of publicly calls out his players. He did it all last season with Dakota Hudson. He did it in spring with Andrew Kisner. Maybe I'm just too much on the player's side, but I, w- I would not feel supported as a player when seemingly this pattern has started to develop, started to develop from the manager. Yeah, Oliver, it's an interesting point, and I think the, the players that you mentioned, and we talked about it a ton with Dakota Hudson. It seemed like every start last year uh, there was very open criticism. Now, I think players really like playing for Marmol. Every indication I have is that he is somebody that they really like playing for. I think the difference here is he is a lot more open with the media about some of the issues that exist with players than other managers. I don't. I don't think there's this. All those people you mentioned, whether it's Dakota Hudson, Andrew Kisner, obviously the Harrison Bader thing from last year, uh, now Tyler O'Neill. That version of thing happens just the same amount in every team in baseball. The difference being is it's a little bit uh, behind closed doors, and that just seems to be Marmel's personality, where he is very, very, very blunt about it. If the organization had a problem with it, I think they would have talked to him by now. John Mozalak, as we mentioned earlier in his conversation with Valley Sports Midwest today, kind of indicated that he would have rather it not bent, been out there as much as possible. But maybe there is a message being sent all at the same time. You know, when, when he does that with Harrison Bader last year, in many ways it feels like that was the beginning of the end of Harrison Bader's time with the Cardinals. And I know he spent some more time here, but... There wasn't a whole lot of time between that situation and then eventually uh, him being uh, him being let not let go, but him being uh, moved. All right, let's grab uh, Joe, who has given us a call. Hey, Joe, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, thank you, Matt. Hey, um, I did not get to see the play with my own two eyes. I did hear it here on KMOX. Um, my thoughts are these: I'm a consumer and a longtime consumer of of um, radio and talk radio, sports radio. And you, you hear, you use the expression uh, sports cliches, whatever you want to say it. Uh, It's um, there's a lot of words used and very little substance. And I appreciate the fact that he comes right out and says these things. Uh, I, I share your view. He's got, uh, he's got uh, something on, he's got a way about his, how he goes about doing things that he's going to get something done. And, um, I defer to his thoughts as to how to how to accomplish that. Um, I those those are my thoughts on that subject. Hi, Joe. I I appreciate the phone call. I don't think O'Neill was dogging it. By the way, do I think he was running his absolute hardest? No, I don't. But I don't I don't think guys run their absolute hardest that often in baseball. I think it's a pretty rare thing. Yeah, his max speed is around thirty feet per second. And he was running like 28 feet per second. So he was just off his max speed. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me how different it can look on the camera angles. 
That's why I tweeted out the uh, the high home view of it. Again, it's on my Twitter at Matt Pauley on air. If you were watching the game on Bally Sports Midwest, and as you see him kind of make that turn at third, it almost looks like he lets up for a second. Where if you're, if you're watching the high home camera, where you can see the entire thing, if you watch him, it doesn't look like he slows down at all. And the, the stat cast data would actually kind of back up that a little bit more, that he really didn't slow down and that he was running pretty hard. Was he running his hardest? No. But was he running pretty hard? Yeah. Um, which is kind of the speed that most guys are at most of the time. I would argue he should have taken a bigger lead off of second, especially that secondary lead. At 100%. Absolutely. That's that's the one thing we can all agree on, that there was a mistake made. And if he takes that bigger lead, if he's two steps further off second base, then we're not having this discussion. It doesn't matter how hard he runs. Right? All he had to do was run that same speed, and he, he would have been safe. He would have been two steps ahead of everything that he did. Um, I, don't, I don't have a huge problem with the speed that he was running, though, even between second and third. I would have liked to him maybe see him find that other gear between third and home. He didn't seem to find it, and that seems to be part of the issue that the uh, Cardinals and Oliver Marmel had with him. Let's grab Kevin, who's given us a call. Hey, Kevin, you're on Sports Open Line. Yeah, hey, thank you. Um, I, I agree that it was a bad send and a great thrill, but the challenge that I have, I'm going to fall down on the side of Tyler O'Neill to say when I judge people, I look at their overall work ethic and – if any of us went to the gym with Tyler O'Neill and just tried to keep up, he has an incredible work ethic to be in the condition that he's in. And then also from a competitive standpoint, he has four other reasons with three outfield spots to, to not dog it ever. Burleson, Carlson, Newt Barr, Walker. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm supporting Tyler O'Neill on this one. Hi, Kevin. Appreciate the phone call. I saw this. I want to make sure I give credit. Um... Ryan Boyer, who uh, is a fantasy baseball writer at Rotowire, he tweeted out some StatCast running statistics today for Tyler O'Neill, and he is running slower this year. In 2018, he was at 29.7 feet per second on his sprint speed. Uh, that would go up to 30 feet in 2019, still in the high 29s in 2020, 2021, and 2022. So far in 2023, he's averaging out 27.8 feet per second at his sprint speed. So his sprint speed this year, admittedly six games in, so tiny sample size, but six games into this season, Tyler O'Neill's sprint speed is less than it was in previous years. You do have to wonder, he spent an entire offseason trying to position himself to be able to make it through the year and stay as healthy as possible. Is that part of it? Are you charging a little bit slower when running just to try to help control uh, your body? And if if that's the case, and I don't have a, when I say that, it almost sounds like there's a negative connotation to it. There's not. There's not. If you know your body, and if you know if you run at 100%, you've, you're going to injure yourself. But if you run at 95%, you're not, then run at 95% and don't get injured. Like, this is, this is really basic information. And O'Neal does have a very good history throughout his career coming up through the minor leagues and then at the major league level as well of always um, always giving as much effort as possible. So he does have a track record when it comes to that. I do wonder, and this is something that Kevin hit on, 
the Cardinals love and Oliver Marmol loves competition. That was the word that we used more in spring training than any other word out there. And just because the season has gotten started, the competition for roster spots and playing time doesn't stop. So how much of this is connected to the continual desire for there always to be internal competition, where if it feels like somebody is not giving it their all, whether that's true or not, if it feels like in a moment that a player's not giving it their all, then there's almost this feeling of them disrespecting the competition. I don't know if that's it or not, but there is a lot of talk about competition. And O'Neill didn't start today. He says that was a planned day off. He did he did get into the game. Uh, I don't know. Like There's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on to be sure. Uh, text message, wish Marmel would talk to players in private and not call them out. Yeah, that, there, there's a lot of people who are saying that type of thing, and uh, it's just a little bit different. I I love and appreciate Marmel's bluntness, but it does feel a little off when that bluntness is coming at a spot where it's almost at the expense of a player because he's being so open about some of the things that maybe they're not happy with with that player. All right, uh, we'll get Daniel Esteve's thoughts on uh, all of this. We'll continue this discussion uh, with the sports anchor and reporter from Fox 2 and Channel 11. He joins us in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line, back with more in a moment on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Continuing on, Cardinals lose today. They fall to the Braves and get swept in the three-game series. But the game action has kind of taken a backseat to everything going on with Tyler O'Neill and Oliver Marmel. I guess from a game action standpoint, people also talking about the struggles so far this year of starting pitching. We'll talk about that and much, much more. He's one of our favorite people to bring on to the show. You see him on Channel 2 and Channel 11. He is Daniel Esteve. joins us right now. I got to sit next to him for like an inning today uh, during the game. We had a good chat, and now we'll chat on the radio. Hi, Daniel. How's it going, man? Good. We can uh, we can skip all the formalities because we we spoke earlier. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think it's better to say I got to sit next to you rather than you got to sit next to me. Uh, I came to your spot. You didn't come to my spot. So I think I got to sit next to you. Yeah, that's just because I was too preoccupied with waiting for the hot dogs to be ready up in the press box. But you, uh, you were. That would have been coming your way regardless. You had <laughs> you had your eye and your nose pointed towards the little, uh, would you call that a cantina? What is that? What's that little area called? Honestly, I like the flavor of, of cantina. It's yeah. nice. It's okay. quaint, yep. and it's got everything you need. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a cantina as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what's what's your overall, like, wide-ranging takeaway of this whole O'Neill Marmal thing? The O'Neill Marmal thing is probably one of the more interesting things I've seen come out of the early part of the season. And I think a lot of it stems from just the overall positivity after – Spring training, Tyler O'Neill coming off the WBC, him mentioning to both uh, me and a couple of the other media members that this was his best spring yet. He felt like it was his best offseason. He had moved to St. Louis, was spending a lot of time at Bush Stadium training, and just felt like his body was more prepared than ever. And for it to just come off this opening day home run, very high note, to where it is now so quickly, 
it's it's just bizarre. I think when you're looking at just one word to describe it. Yeah, and even if it's going on behind closed doors, like maybe some people would have taken note of whether he was running hard or not. But a lot of managers would probably try to diffuse the situation immediately in in the post game press conference. We've seen the opposite of that from Marmel, and he kind of doubled down on it. And then Tyler O'Neill, I think, somewhat to his credit. He has defended himself. He feels like he's right in the situation as well. Like I just, you don't remember times where a couple guys who are not overly confrontational or anything are talking so openly, kind of in dispute of each other. If that makes sense. Oh, it's such a candid conversation between these two guys. The only problem is they're having the conversations with us, and it seems like they're not having the conversation with each other. Now, that's all speculation. You don't know who's talking to who at this point. And you've got to imagine with how much of a pro Tyler O'Neill is and how much of a professional Ali Marmol is, they are having those conversations. But for them to be so open, I understand players react differently to things. And if you ask me, Tyler O'Neill in the pop-out today was sprinting to second base harder than I've seen all year. You never know how people are going to react, but, I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of ways you can go with it. Tyler O'Neill talked extensively as well about just wanting to play a full season injury-free. You can maybe give him the benefit of the doubt that somewhere deep inside him he's, you know, trying to conserve his energy or conserve his body with, you know, 85%, 90% rather than giving it all out on every play. But if he's saying he's going all out, you know, you, you want to hope that that's the case. And it just it's just interesting that that conversation doesn't seem to be going on between him and his manager. Yeah, and the other side of that too is like we don't we don't know what's been said between those two. We don't have an intimate knowledge of kind of the relationship between those two either. I guess the only thing that kind of jumped out at me was O'Neill did see some seem somewhat taken aback by the fact that this did become such a such a public deal. Yeah, and, and when you ever see a player that's surprised, you know, you want you want to assume, and, and assumptions are, are a bad place to go typically, but if he's that surprised, you want to assume that there hasn't been the, conver- the conversation or the communication you'd expect between player and manager first. And as much as us media members want to feel like we're getting in on the, the inner details of the players and getting our, our, uh, our little hints at what's going on in the clubhouse, you know, you, the conversations are going between and inside the clubhouse between the players and the managers first. That, that's what you have to assume every single time. And to think that that's not happening is, is more bizarre than, than the situation itself. You'd think that conversation, if there's any discomfort this early in the season, has and will continue to be going on between Ollie and Tyler. And that's what you hope for, too, because you never want that confusion to be in the clubhouse and that you know, discomfort, really, to be in the clubhouse this early when you've got a really talented team. Daniel Steve, Fox 2, Channel 11, continuing to join us. I'm of the belief that like anything that happens really in the first month or so of the season, it could mean something, but it could mean absolutely nothing all at the same time. So when I see the starting pitching ERA and I see the Braves scoring a bunch of early runs and things like that, like I, it's hard for me to establish that having any meaningful value or significance at this point. Where are you at? Like, is, Do you take any real strong beliefs out of the first six games of the year for the Cardinals? I'm probably the worst person to ask. Martin Kilcoin will, will understand this as well. I'm, I'm going to find the positives in most situations. It's just my natural tendencies. And right now you're looking at a three-game series where the starters in the first two innings alone allowed 13 runs. But the rest of the way, innings three through nine, they allowed four runs total. 
in three games. So you, you know the productivity and the skill can be there. It's just a matter of finding it. And on the flip side of it, this is the first game today where you haven't had a Cardinals roster that put together 10-plus hits. All last year, the questions early on in the season, over the summer, really not until August, did you see, oh, man, this offense isn't good enough. Ooh, we need a new left-sided bat. Ooh, we need more power in the lineup. Ooh, we need a hitting catcher. All these question marks about the offense. But to me, the offense is there, especially with the come-up of Jordan Walker. Alec Burleson looks awesome. Nolan Gorman took a step back today, but I think he's shown what he's done in the spring. All the guys that Nolan Arenado and these veterans said needed to step up are stepping up. And the veterans in the pitching rotation, Adam Wainwright still yet to come back, those guys are pros. I think they will find their stride, and that's what Miles Michaelis talked about today. Yeah, it's not the start you would have wanted. Miles had a slow start last year, too. I think those guys will come around. The bigger questions you had coming into the season, I feel like you're getting more positive answers, and that's on the offensive end. I know you love the good, positive stories. It doesn't get much better than what we're seeing so far from Jordan Walker. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, it's funny. He, he tried to dial it back when we were talking to him today, you know, saying it was a tough moment. You know, they were down, and he was trying to lock in, which he did, coming back with a huge RBI double later in the ball game to really spark a potential comeback. But he's such a pro's pro, but he's still 20 years old. When he talked about giving the ball to his dad and his family being in their last day in St. Louis, he was so excited about it. And you just feel like all the hype around this guy, you know, you're going to root for him regardless. But the fact that he's giving you things to root for right off the bat, a six-game hitting streak to get the season started. I think I tweeted out a couple weeks ago or last week that DiMaggio better be on the watch because his hit streak <laughs> record is going down. You know, it's so early and it's all a joke. But, I mean, man, the productivity is there. And it's so great to see not only for any young player but for a kid as well put together and as, as good and, and positive as he's been. It's, you just love to see good people doing good things, and I feel like that's been the story for John Walker. You know how much I love the game of baseball, and I want to see the game of baseball grow, and I want kids to be able to watch the game. And yeah, he, He's still 20 years old. He's not, he's not 12 years old, but we were at a um, – uh, radio folks were at, um, at, at a luncheon that the Cardinals put on earlier this week, and there was a discussion about the fact that a lot of, a lot of kids are already kind of choosing Jordan Walker as their favorite player and I just I love the idea of a young cool player playing for the Cardinals and giving uh, a bunch of kids just another player to really look up to and and, you know it reminds me that's hilarious that you say that because last year I did this silly story where I interviewed eight-year-olds or Mm nine-year-olds that were baseball players and their parents at this baseball field out west And the kids, you know, I'd ask them, I'd be like, who's your favorite player? They'd say, oh, you know, it's Jack Flaherty or it's Albert Pujols. And every time they said Albert Pujols, I said, oh, cool. Um, How old are you? And they're like nine. I'm like, oh, he was in the league before you were even born, my man. And I asked this one kid, I'm like, how old is Albert? And he's like, man, it's just crazy how good he is because he's like 64, right? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I asked his mom about it, and she's like, it's really sad because he's my age. And you think, yeah, man, these kids weren't alive. But now they have a guy like Jordan Walker who's been so hyped up. Naturally, this is the guy that they're going to grow up watching. The, the Albert Pools for people 15 to 20 years ago could potentially be the Jordan Walker that these kids now look up to. And, uh, and I can't think of many better role models, even at 20 years old, for these young kids to look up to. And that, that goes for so many of the Cardinal players, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, all these guys. 
you know, just such a great clubhouse. You want to, you want to see them do good things. And, and I think this quote unquote slow start um, is, isn't indicative of just how positive this team can be moving forward. He is Daniel Steve. You see him on uh, channel two, you see him on uh, channel 11, you follow him on Twitter at Daniel J. Esteve. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. Always enjoy your chats. We'll do it again real soon. Appreciate it, Matt. Have a good rest of your night, all right? All right, you too. There's Daniel Steve joining us here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. And uh, the Jordan Walker thing, it is, I just, he's so likable. He is so incredibly likable, and he's following that up, small sample size, six games in, all the normal disclaimers that we do. He's following it up with uh, with with quite the performance to begin his major league career. All right, what the man? This hour went fast. This hour went really fast. One more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one, hour two. Uh, we'll get into some non baseball stuff, but we'll continue the baseball conversation as well. We got a lot to get to. Two hours can't uh, isn't enough time for this show tonight. We're back with more in a moment. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line. The Gray Bar Sports Open Line continues here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, 314-436-7900. A few more moments left here uh, in hour number one. Some of the text messages that have uh, come in on this situation between uh, Oliver Marmel and Tyler O'Neill. Uh, see, our te- we've talked about before our texting system. It's always a little bit challenging to uh, read through some of them. Wish Marmel would talk to the players in private and not call out one player to the media. I cringe every time Ali does that. It's going to create friction within the clubhouse. Appreciate Marmel as a no BS manager, but if he's going to publicly call out one, he has to uh, call out all. I do think one of the things we need to remember is we don't know the relationship between Marmel and players where he can say these things and it's okay. Like professional athletes don't mind being held to a high standard. They want to be held to a high standard. And while we hear things sometimes that might feel a little bit uncomfortable, sometimes they're, they're really not uncomfortable at all between, between the two. And we just don't completely know what that relationship uh, is. Another text message. I have to believe there's more going on here. Marmel values players who play hurt. O'Neill's missed some games over the years because of soreness. I can't imagine he makes those public comments because of one second to home play, unless he has uh, their concern, unless he has other concerns going back over the years. Let's grab a quick phone call before we get out of here for the first hour. Dave has given us a call. Hey, Dave, you're on Sports Open Line. Yeah, thank you. I was just doing some quick tabulation. He said Tyler O'Neill runs at 27.8 uh, feet per second. If you carry that out, that comes to a 10.7 second 100-yard dash, and that is quite fast in itself. Yeah, it is. He was not running slow. That's that's one of the things that gets lost sometimes, I think, when we watch sports because the athletes are so good. We see somebody running, and it feels like they're not running super fast, and they actually are I don't think the issue with O'Neal was the uh, the actual speed, like the actual miles per hour. I think what some people saw was it felt like he held up a little bit coming around third, although there's some video angles that show that's not. that's He didn't hold up at third. And uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's weird. It's just so weird. That's I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And 
I don't think he was dogging it. Do I think he was going 100%? No. But it's it's I've, I've, I haven't seen this play out before. And <laughs> there's benefits and there's negatives to covering baseball in the city of St. Louis. I don't know what other major league city this is the story that it is here. Maybe to a certain extent in New York. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know where else. This is a very St. Louis baseball story to be sure. All right. One hour down. One more to go, man. We got a lot more to get to. Stick with us. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're back with more in just a moment here on KMOX. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.